Hello and Happy New Year to everybody and welcome to uh, another edition of the uh, Photography World podcast, the first of 2023. I um, hope you all had an awesome festive period and uh, you're all back raring to go for another new year. Happy New Year, Cam. How are you doing? You all right? Happy New Year. That's very well said, Mark. Um, yes, all rested, refreshed and back on it again this year. Excuse my audio because uh, uh, basically I left my mic at home, took it home over Christmas and uh, have left it there. Came in this morning and connecting everything up for this and thought, oh, no. So I've had to put uh, these, uh, the, the, these, uh, these headphones on, which are quite bulky headphones with a, with a headset, you know, but um, yeah. I, I know the audio is not so right now. Anyway, regardless, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to carry on with it. And I want to start off with a world first, Mark, a world first Ooh, lens. A world <laughs> first? <laughs> a world first lens. Now, I think this is going to interest uh, uh, a lot of people. Okay. Ears have pricked up thinking, oh, uh, a world first. And it's from Sony. Um, oh okay well they are innovators so yeah but if you don't have a uh, a sony uh if you don't have sony gear don't just sort of think oh okay you know it's, it's not going to be for me um because what's actually different about this lens is that it's a, it's a new focal length um and it's called the world's first standard zoom and it is a focal length of 20 to 70 millimeters now my standard go-to lens, I reckon, is used. It would be a twenty-four to seventy or a twenty-four to one hundred five. Okay, right. so where does this twenty to seventy mil lens fit in the wow. range of camera lenses? Well, I must admit, I was getting quite excited, <laughs> and then he told me what it was, and I was like, "Oh, um, I mean, I don't think I need that extra four mil, really." Um, not not really. Yeah. I mean, if it was like a 17 to 70, then I'd probably be a bit more interested. But um, I don't know. Mm. Um, I, yes, it is the world's first. There is no doubt about that. But it's, I don't know, not something that I will get in a in, a, in, a, in a, an excitement tiz over, to be fair. OK, well, let's have a look at the positives. 24 to 70. Yes, that's it, pretty good. But it's it to me, it's no different from, you know, what's out there anyway. But it is a 2.8 g master lens so it's mm. it's one of their high it's one of sony's high-end lenses so you know that this new it's 24 be centimeter from sony is going to be a damn good lens however yeah. the four millimeters you've just said the opposite to what sony is saying in their, press, <laughs> in their sort of uh, in the stuff that they've put out there you know the, the extra four millimeters okay how useful can it be now, but now Sony are saying it's easy to underestimate how much. It's complete opposite of what you've just said. So I'm glad you said what you did. But it is mm -hmm. easy to underestimate how much of a jump four millimeters can be at the wide end of a lens. Any so landscape travel, <laughs> any <laughs> landscape travel photographer knows the pain of not being able to squeeze the last bits of a scene into the frame, and an extra four mil can really give you the edge. Okay. That, uh, okay. So that's what Sony is saying. It says it won't replace a dedicated wide-angle lens for many photographers, as often even wider angle of fourteen mil or sixteen millimeters is required. But for a lot of photographers, this might be the easiest and most affordable way to slim down their travel kit into just one do-all lens. They're saying. Okay. So, I mean, um, when you say it's more affordable, what is the price of this lens? It works out to about twelve hundred pounds, fifteen hundred, okay. sixteen hundred okay. US dollars, I think, something like well, that. Well, for a top end lens, that's that's not the most expensive I've ever heard. To be fair, no. Um, but it's 
I mean, they're, they're putting it out. Yes, it probably is the world's first. It is the world's well, first. Well, it, it is the world's any first. different, yeah. right? Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just wondering how useful it, it really will be. And are people suddenly going to start jumping on? Uh, the, are people going to suddenly start jumping on this? You know, thinking, wow, this is great. You know, this, yeah. is, this is revolutionary. I'd rather they, rather than them having said, um, uh, you know, it's a world's first lens. I think, I think if they'd been a little bit more understated, maybe not, you know, brand it as wow, this is this amazing, you know, world's first lens and everything. Said, hey, look, we've got this new lens coming out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying uh, to sort of, you know, I'm sort of. I mean, I, I guess playing it down. I, I guess I guess we'll find out if Canon and Nikon uh, decide to follow suit and uh, and and do their versions because they think that they're missing out on a, on a certain area of lens, um, a lens, you know, focal point or whatever. But um, yeah, um, uh, yeah. I, I'm, so... I'm, I'm, yeah, it's not something I'm getting excited about. But you know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a, a particularly prolific landscape photographer, so. You know, maybe, mm. maybe I am miss. You know, maybe, maybe those extra four mil does does help. But I, but for what I use my lenses for, for what I do professionally, um, yeah, it's not something I'm going to go. Oh, I wish I had a twenty mil instead of a twenty four mil. Um, yeah, I just, I just can't see it happening. I think our reaction, our reaction is probably the, the, the probably the case with most photographers, a little bit underwhelmed, shall we say? Yeah. However, okay. However. Nikon, on the other hand, uh, have announced <laughs> the development of two new key prime lenses for their Z range lenses, okay. for their mirrorless range. Okay, uh, the okay. 85 millimeter prime 1.2. We know an 85 prime is uh, is an incredible lens. Whoever it's from, is you know, yeah. it's going to be a great lens, great yeah. portrait lens. Okay, so we know that's going to be good. But also, they're releasing a 26 millimeter f 2.8 pancake lens as well. Um, okay. which I, okay. I, I would be i would have i would have gone out and got had i not moved to canon <laughs> okay fair enough fair enough. i mean for those who don't know uh can you explain what a pancake lens is mm, yeah well a pancake lens is uh it's just a term that's been given for a lens that's just very very that's very very shallow there's yeah. hardly anything to the lens it's not a long lens it's tiny it's the size probably of the front part of the lens which has got the dial ring on it and the adapter so right. it's probably it's probably the width of maybe two mobile phones placed on top of one another something like that yeah uh, in fact yeah. i've got my the phone i've got is a samsung flip you know the uh, it's a it flips and folds yes. that's probably the lens is probably no thicker or wider than that Okay, right, and it's just I a see. term that's given to a very, very narrow lens. Now, I had when uh, I was shooting Panasonic on the GH5 a few years ago, we had a 20 millimeter lens that we used for video, which is brilliant, which is brilliant. It was a pancake lens. So we put it on one of the Zion cranes where we could walk around, handhold, moving around and walking. And it was a light lens. Now, I don't know if Canon do a pancake lens and I've not looked. Um, uh, but I uh, sorry, Sony do a pancake lens. But mm. rather than the um, uh, this twenty four seventy, it would be really good. And I don't know if they actually do it or not. But if they do a pancake lens, which would you know, which would be great because I'd definitely be all over that. Um, yeah. But anyway, so three new lenses that are are, are going to be coming out, mm. uh, which some people are going to get very excited about. Some people are not going to be so excited about. Um, Canon must be doing something out there. Uh, you know, with their lenses. Well, yes, um, there are. There are some. Turning the content. 
yeah, I think there are some lenses coming out for Canon. Um, but but yeah, I think I think they've got some some new RFs coming out. I haven't really looked at the specs or anything yet, so uh, maybe I'll, I'll bring that up for the for the next episode. But uh, but mm. yeah, uh, it's I mean it's always this time, you know, new new things are coming out. Um, I think Nikon really do really need to sort of have a look at their autofocus system as much as anything else, personally. But because um, it is, I oh, think really? that yeah, I, I think it is the slowest <laughs> out of the three main uh, the, the, the main manufacturers um hmm. but um hang on a minute hang on a minute hang on a minute. i'm going to pick you up on that okay i'm not using i'm not using nikon you know i mean i've got a trusty old d750 which is which is amazing but if we're talking about mirrorless but where does this hang on a minute where does this veer the slowest it's just out a, of the three it's just certain certain reviews that i've seen and just comparing mm-hmm. you know you've got so for example uh you know obviously what canon are doing and then you've also got what uh sony are doing uh i mean i think the canon's even quicker than the the sony's at the moment um <laughs> and, uh, and, and nikon is 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 quite a way back in third place um so yeah uh it's still i mean don't get me wrong all these autofocus systems are very good um mm. but uh nikon is lagging a little bit um for me from what i've say- used it's just a bit slow and just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we're talking tiny bits, maybe in lower light conditions and things like that. Yeah, I, I would actually agree with you because I, I have done some tests on. I've I picked up the Z6. I picked up the Z7, both Mark IIs, not the Z9. Okay, mm. but the Z, the six and the seven Mark IIs, and they're definitely slower than yeah. uh, the the, the with, without a shadow of a doubt in my experience. Mm. Okay, um, and I'm used to both cameras, both models and, and that type of thing. So it's not why I'm using it, but I do notice that there is a noticeable difference. Um, Sony, I uh, can't really comment. We do use Sony, but we do use it for video. So I'm not yeah. I'm not really going to comment on that um, so much. So, mm. um, uh, but anyways, but but you're, you are a resident Canon expert. <laughs> well, we are. You, 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 I've jumped onto Canon. You're um, newly converted, yeah. Oh, I'm newly converted, but you you've been looking at the R6. Is that well, yeah? Just saying? briefly. I mean, it's it's only because I've had a few people ask me. So the the Mark II's come out. The R6 Mark II has come out, and am I going to upgrade my R6 uh, to the Mark II? Now, considering I only bought the the Marks the 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 the, the R6 just over a year ago. No, I'm not going to upgrade to the next one just because I've just feel that like I've just upgraded. I mean, the R6 has only been out a couple of years, but there are some significant reasons other other than that. If I did have all the money in the world, uh, would I still upgrade to uh, the Mark II? Probably not. So probably, if I had all the money in the world, I'd go to the R3. But what's but, the price? Di- what's um, the price difference between the two, Mark? Just um, I want to get that so first. You know, the, the, rec- the recommended retail price of both cameras. So the R6 is two thousand two hundred eighty-nine pounds. I mean, just to bear in mind, when I bought mine, mine was mm. one nine 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 nine. So mm. it was it was just under two grand when I bought it. So it's even cheaper than what it is at the moment. But that's because they were doing yeah. deals at the show. Um, now the Mark II is coming out at two thousand seven hundred and seventy nine pounds. So basically, okay. best part of three. Well, yeah, two two thousand eight hundred pounds basically, isn't it? So um, so actually, between the two, is not that much difference in the scheme of things. There isn't that much difference. Between no no between the two cameras price wise mm. and i think that actually is reflected in a lot of the specs now um 
there is a new sensor in the Mark II. Now, when the Mark II was coming out, uh, obviously the rumors were flying around because it's a 24.2 megapixels opposed to the 20.1 megapixels in the R6, that people were thinking mm -hmm. it was going to be the stack sensor like in the R3 because the R3 okay. is also 24 uh, megapixels. So uh, people okay. were wondering that it would be the stack sensor. It's not. It's not the stack sensor. But then I remember one of the reviewers I was, I was listening to, would you expect a sensor, a piece of kit that's in a basically a £6,000 camera in something that's uh, just just under three? No, no, you yeah, wouldn't. Yeah, right. So, okay. um, so uh, you know, that's not a necessarily me having a dig it's just no i would not expect that technology in a, in a cheaper camera if you want that tech you got to spend the six thousand pounds and rightly so i guess um so uh so the sense would so basically you're just looking at four megapixel difference between the two cameras am i gonna am i gonna upgrade just for that no I'm, no I'm, no Right. Uh, because because one of the reasons why I like the R6 is because it's it's very good at low lights. It's very good with the ISOs, the higher ISOs. Now, obviously, the more megapixels you have, the more issues you have with high ISOs. So, um, you know, it, it, yes, it might be nice to have that extra four. I do tend to use when I'm at the studio where I know chances are I'm going to be blowing up bigger. I still tend to use the DSLR, which is a bigger megapixel count. Um However, would I get away with the R6 doing that? I probably would. Um, it's it's just me um, using different cameras for different jobs. Um, uh, frame rate. So talking about the frame rate, uh, the mechanical shutter on both, so the R6 and the R6 Mark II, that, uh, for the mechanical shutter, it's both 12 frames per second. So there's no change there. However, with okay. the digital shutter, the R6 is 20 frames per second and the Mark II is 40 frames per second. So there is a bit of a difference. All right, oh, okay. Um, mm, there is a bit of a difference. Yeah. But, but because it's not a stack sensor um, and there, there are um, other uh, a few issues with warping, um, if you're using, if you're taking pictures of uh, fast moving objects, so like a tennis player hitting a ball, for example, you'll probably find a warp sure. in the racket or in the ball, um, yeah. which you don't with the higher spec cameras. But, um, you know, Again, this is a camera that's £2,779 opposed to something that's nearly six grand. So there is a there yeah. is a difference in price there. Autofocus, again, it, this isn't something that it is, by all accounts, a bit quicker, but not massively, <laughs> you know. Not massively it, quicker. Not massively quicker. No. I mean, there are a, a additional... <laughs> there are some additional features on it. So now the, the focusing system will recognise cars motorcycles okay. aircraft okay. trains right. horses right. and zebras <laughs> right okay. um so um, no, I, know, I know some i know a, a couple of equestri equestrian photographers so. yeah fine <laughs> but i am not one of them so <laughs> you know again the, the the focusing difference isn't going to make me go oh i need to get the mark two it's just not um one of the other things that is a big difference, and I suppose this would be good for video videographers, is that mm -hmm. um, you know after about 30, 30 minutes, I think it's about twenty nine minutes, thirty minutes, um, the R six stops recording when it comes to video. Mm -hmm. um, with the Mark II, it is unlimited. Um, now that wow, yeah, it is unlimited. Now that doesn't necessarily negate um, you know if there anything it overheats. Although by all accounts, uh, the uh, they have. The, the overheating is miles better on the Mark II than it is on the, uh, on, the, on the Mark I. However, guess how many times I've used the movie function on my camera? Once. I, I and that was, what, I once, once. I was, I was and that say, was I accidentally. Bet, I bet you haven't used it at all. 
Really and it was accidentally. Okay. Yeah. So okay. again, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to necessarily upgrade just because of, of that. If you're a videographer, I can see why you would want to go for that. Now, if you are currently using a DSLR mm. and you are thinking of upgrading to uh, mirrorless and you are a Canon user, or even if you're not a Canon user and you're, and you're looking at it, but especially if you're a Canon user, then do go for the Mark II because mm. it is better. There's also different button configuration on the body. I forgot to mention that, um, which does make a bit more sense. But again, it's not massive. Yeah, okay. it's, it's not a massive, massive thing. Um, but look, if, if you're on a DSLR and you're going to upgrade to mirrorless, do go for the Mark II because it is probably worth going for the, the most latest tech. If you are a wedding photographer like me, a portrait photographer like me, and you've got an R6, do you need to go to Mark II? No, no, you, you really don't. No. I think I think the price point pretty much says is not much difference, and I think the specs pretty much relate. There isn't that much difference really for me to warrant it. So, mm. um, if I was to buy a new camera anyway, like I do need to up, upgrade my second, um, my second, which is still a DSLR. Then I'd probably go for the Mark II instead of the Mark One. Um, mm. But am I going to exchange my Mark One for the Mark II? No, absolutely not. Okay, so uh, I, that, that's that's all really fascinating. That actually, because um, uh, I, I've got I've got a, a D750, which I mean, you know, I get rid of equipment, I buy it, or I, I don't like leaving stuff sitting around. So I've been thinking, mm. is it worth me just getting rid of that D750 and trading it in, getting whatever I can for it, and buying another R6 and just having that as another backup, as 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 you know. Yeah. Now, now, first of all, um, you're you're exactly right. If somebody is thinking of buying the R6, you know, because they're buying it for the first time, yeah, then yes, always go for the newer one. You're always yeah. going to go for the Mark II. That's a no-brainer because mm. you know you're buying the latest technology. Price and it's about four, because, five, four, yeah. five hundred quid difference. Now I okay, know right. that's well, a lot of money, but yeah. In the scheme of things, yeah. in the scheme of cameras, it's, it, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not. And it's got a few features in there that are that you know are useful for some photographers. You know, faster frame rate shooting. You know, there's those things yeah. about. Yeah, there are equestrian photographers out there, and th those things might just work. You know, that yeah. are they more sort of uh, are they more just sort of press release sort of sound bites type of thing? Hey, it's got this. this mm. You know, it's got, got the car feature or whatever. Okay, yeah, possibly it has and, and, and whatever. But I mean, there's a lot more detailed differences than what I've just laid out as well, yeah. by the way. But I was I'm just really sure. looking at the things that would yeah. bother me. Yeah, yeah, you know? sure. And I don't know how long ago the Mark One came out. Is it time for the Mark Two, or could they have waited another year, maybe? I don't know. Uh, but they've released it, obviously, because they want to be seen to be doing uh, and being innovative yeah. in it and all of that, which which I get. Okay, so fair play to them and, and credit to them for mm. doing that. Now, the big plus for me, okay, and it's a huge plus, and you mentioned it, um, was the video element. Yeah. And as you know, that we use Sony gear for filming, and the uh, and we do a lot of video work. And the problem with the Sony uh, cameras, as with all of the other cameras, is that the limited record time. They overheat. They do all of that. This still now, overheats. It does still overheat. Right. Okay. But what, what yeah. I'm saying with the unlimited part is that the camera just automatically turns off after half an hour. It's not about overheating. Oh, right. It's oh, not it about overheating necessarily. Oh. So it just automatically stops recording and then you've got to press record again. Whereas with the Mark II, it's unlimited. Now, I did see another reviewer who talked about this and it is significantly better with overheating than 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 the Mark I. Significantly. Oh, sorry. 
So can I just go back? Were you saying that the limited recording time for 30 minutes is on the Mark 1? The yes. unlimited recording is on Mark 2. Yes. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay, so it doesn't turn off after 30 minutes. It doesn't minutes. turn off. Okay. But that is overheating aside you know if it does if you're in a desert and it overheats you yeah. it will yeah. still stop um yeah so overheating aside right well that, yeah. that's a separate issue but if this records for an unlimited time honestly that even for me that's a game changer because there are certain shoots that we do where we're thinking okay well we need to be recording for an unlimited time here mm. we need to be you know we you know we need to we need this capability and mm-hmm. suddenly I'm thinking, actually, that camera could now serve if, if I was to go out and buy that. That's what might might kill two birds with one stone um, yeah. because uh, I can use it as my main camera. But in instances, if we're doing a video shoot and we need unlimited recording time, that could be the perfect that that could be the answer, actually. Yeah, um, it could be. If if I was in your shoes and you're looking for another for another second. And you're getting rid of your Nikon. Uh, yeah, go for the Mark II. Absolutely. Has, has, but you've, has it but been you've also. Uh, um, yeah, you can buy it now. Um, mm, okay. Yeah. Right. You, okay. You That's, uh, yeah. I, but, but, I mean, I'm assuming if stocks are there, but, you know, I've, I've seen it online. That's where I got the right. price points from. You know, um, it, it wasn't Canon uh, that I, I looked at for the. Um, that the prices it was I just went on google and i just went r6 r6 mark ii uh price yeah. and and there's a few manufacturers come up um let me just see if i can find okay. that again just so quickly i think for the people uh, out there that for the people that are going to be out there that are going to be shooting video then i think uh you know that, that it's that's it's the four five hundred six hundred pounds that the extra is between the mark one and the mark mark two the the unlimited recording time is worth its weight in gold so if anyone's thinking of buying it hey look even if you don't shoot video i can guarantee you will start shooting video at some point in the near future because that's just the way the industry is going but seriously that's 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 a camera that's really worth considering and now i think what's going to happen because they're a because because canon are doing this you know at, at this price range unlimited recording at this price range um, then I think all the other camera manufacturers are going to be jumping on that as well, you know, at, you know, for cameras at that price range. But I think that's that's absolutely huge. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm very interested in that. Canon Mark VI, definitely worth going for. Yeah. So now I wanted to jump on to something else, actually, and uh, um, uh, a new story uh, that um, I came across recently, um, which is a good which is a good news story, actually. Uh and um, I came across it on the BBC uh, uh, on on BBC News, and then I looked up on their on their website and looked up a little bit more about it. And uh, it basically says that uh, on Christmas Day, two thousand seventeen, a traffic police officer's life began slowly to unravel after he was injured during a pursuit. And two years later, he underwent surgery and was told he could no longer do the job he loved. His mental health took a nosedive, but he found solace in his longtime hobby, photography. He says, as a traffic officer, I saw things no one could see, said uh, Detective Sergeant Colin Sheed. He says, now I see things I want everyone to see. Uh, and he speaks candidly, he says, about his mental, mental health. He shares some of his images that have helped him to cope. But you can imagine some of the things that he that that he he witnessed just, you know, working as uh, in, in the job that he actually did. Um, but it says for him, photography, which was a hobby, has become more important as the years have gone on. And it says there's no life outside of your lens. It says there isn't. Your focus is, is on what you are looking at or looking for when you're actually shooting. And so 
it's a good news news story because it just says to him that taking pictures is is the complete opposite, you know, um, to to the job that he was doing, uh, where it says he became aware of his own mortality, you know, of people driving at high speeds and things. But he says taking mm. pictures is a complete opposite. It's about sitting and waiting for things nothing but you and the elements and nature, you know, um, shooting mm. the work that he does. He says, no distraction, nothing at all. And one of the things that I say that to, uh, you know, the, the, the courses, that, the photography courses that, that we teach on is saying photography is, is great. It's like any art. You can get totally lost in what you're doing and what you're creating. And I think it's mentally, it's such a good thing to be able to be able to switch off and have total concentration on doing something and and be totally engrossed, even if it's for a few seconds or for a minute or a couple of minutes, mm. that you're so engrossed in something that it helps you to forget about just everything else that you've going on. Mm. You know, the you know, you know, you know, stuff that you've got to go home and do, or the stuff that's going on in your job, or stuff's going on in your relationships, all that. Because those things are always swirling around in our minds, aren't they? You know, there's always yeah. There's always stuff to deal with. Right? Yeah, there you is know, always stuff got. to do. Yeah, you know, there's absolutely. always stuff to deal with, do and everything like that. So if you can find something that really helps you to switch off, whether it's whether it's a sport, health and well-being and all of that, you know, whether it's stamp collecting or something like that, or just listen to music, but it's helped you to turn off from something. That's great. And being creative and creating something is known to be one of the best things for mental health. And yeah. we do bring up the issue of mental health. Uh, on a fairly regular basis because i think you know because so many people suffer from uh from mental health uh you know from differing degrees and i think i think we probably all do you know with some of us saying that you know sort of you know not willing not wanting to say hey yes look i have some mental health issues or something but but i think this is this is this is just about saying hey look that there there are if you can find something that you really love doing and it takes you away from that and one of the things I've always said is that you know I, it always concerns me when photographers say or hobbyists in particular say that uh, they love doing photography and when they take pictures it's great because they can correct things in Photoshop and I always say you know if if you're a photographer don't get bogged down with Photoshop you know uh, you know it's not the art of Photoshop it's the art of mm. photography mm. And, uh, and and I sort of bang that drum because I think it's important you know uh, that sometimes sitting in front of a computer it's very easy just to start you know you're waiting for something to download or something to save so you uh, you know and if you've got a twin screen or something you've got the internet open on something else so you never really mm. truly switch off from all the other stuff that's going on mm. but being outside in particular with your camera can really help you sort of mentally so you know that's a sort of a good shout out it was a good it was a, it was a good story that i came across yeah. there yeah absolutely um, absolutely you know, helps him ex escape from the stresses of police work so, so is he still a policeman? Uh, that was uh, the, the thing. Is he still a policeman and he's, this is like a hobby or, or is he now um, pursuing a career in photography? I don't think so. I think it's just a hobby. I think he still, I think, I think he still does his job, yeah. um, you know, and, uh, but yeah, I've, not, I, it's quite a long article that I have to read, but I don't know. But I think, mm. I, th I think he is, but he does talk about, you know, uh, he, he does talk about the PTSD um that he struggles with um mm. in detail and it's yeah. worth just looking at that up on on the bbc news story we'll put a link out and it just says that the yeah. headline is ptsd photography helps police officer manage condition um mm. and you've typed that in that will that will come in and uh, the photographer is colin sheed spelled s-h-e-a-d so definitely mm. worth looking at so yeah yeah now absolutely. one now 
on the other side of that, there's a, uh, sort of, there's a photographer I found um, that's really doing something that I think is probably taking his mind off from every, every uh, everyday things. And this is a photographer who takes portraits out out in the street. And and, and it's not what it used to be, because these days, if you walk out with your camera out in the streets, people are always apprehensive about their pictures being taken because they think there's some they think the the person that's taking the picture has got a different agenda. It's got an agenda rather than a photographer who's out there taking pictures to create something, you know, Mm. as I think we used to do more so. I'd say in the film days, not so much in the film days, but more so in the days before social media. Yeah. Social media is the big change. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, that, that that is where it is. But the photographer Santiago Borthwick um, is going out uh, and taking street portraits, but he's doing this um, uh, with a with a difference. Okay, because what he's doing is he's going out with what looks to me to be like a five by four plate camera. That's in simple terms. Let's put it: it's one of those cameras that's on a tripod where you have to throw a cloth over your head. Okay, mm. to distract all light so you can see what's going on. And let's call it an old fashioned camera. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. But one of the also the big things about it is um with the five four, obviously, first off, it creates five four negatives. So mm. uh, you know, if you think about your basic 35 mil and then you think about how you know it's it's pretty big, you know, it's four inches by mm. by five. Uh, yeah. you know, the, the big negatives, but also things with the bellows and stuff, you know, you can do pan shifting and all that kind of thing and straighten out your, 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 your curves and, you know, making sure that your, your verticals are straight and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, there's a lot of things you can do optically mm. as well with a five, four. That's right. So he started off digitally. Okay. And this is what I really like. He started off, you know, uh, in, you know, he's at that age and, uh, but he started to move towards the other the, the older processes shall we say yeah and he's become a real advocate for analog and he says that nowadays learning photography and i quote learning photography is accessible and that's a good thing digital mm. is great for learning but analog processes give you objects um that have this materiality to them that is kind of beautiful now one of the things this is this goes back to the mental health point of view okay i remember when i used to go into the dark room and that was when I was sort of at school, at college, when I was sort of teaching people, when I was in work. I'd get completely lost, you know, for time in the dark room. Okay, yeah. I'd be in there for a whole day, and and I would see other people love being in the dark room, and 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 mm. time just goes because you do get so involved in what you're doing, so involved in what you're doing that that it. it I always found actually darkroom was one great way of switching off from everyday yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Darkroom, you were totally in there. Okay, it was all I mean, when I was a student, when I was a student, yeah. it was great because you know if you're hungover or whatever, actually the darkroom is uh, it's quite a good place to be. I mean, <laughs> chemicals can get a bit on your nerves, but uh, but but yeah. you know, darkroom and you're just mm-hmm. doing your thing in the dark, and yeah, it's it, mm-hmm. it yeah. <laughs> yeah really, really cool. so, so i think so, so this is great now you know um I, I do always feel and it's not me being you know older and of a certain age saying this but i always felt to this day that when we were shooting on film and being in the dark room i was just about to say it was a far more creative process than working with digital in fact i think it it, it, it definitely is i would okay, I, it's different i would Some disagree with that different it's different I just feel it was really hands-on, more creative. That 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 is. I wouldn't say cr- it's more or less creative than digital. If anything, what you can do with Photoshop, you, you can you can I guess 
do more things to it um, mm. easier, I guess. Um, but the one thing I would say, which I think is possibly what you're saying as well, I don't know, but the craft has gone. The craft mm. of what you were doing in the darkroom, obviously. Mm. You know, I've got a load of darkroom skills that, you know, <laughs> I don't I don't utilize anymore because mm. you don't need to. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I be, uh, the, the hands on craft of it, like mm. dodging and burning and all that kind of stuff mm. has gone because of because of digital. There's no doubt about that. Mm. I think it's the same with 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 a lot of uh, with a lot of creative arts and things. I was, I've been watching this great series on uh it was on Netflix and which I can't remember what, what I'm watching it on, but it's uh, Paul McCartney chatting to Rick Rubin, the record okay. producer. And, it, yeah. and it's, it, it's, it's a series of programs about half an hour each script. And he talks to Paul McCartney and they're basically dissecting different songs that he, that he did uh, within the Beatles with wings mm. and his own solo career. It, I mean, it goes to show how much of a genius musician Paul McCartney really is. He really yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. yeah. Really but that's, that's, right but that's that's that. a podcast on a completely different thing <laughs> yeah but he talks about the, the the processes of putting songs together you know yeah. and the sounds that they use and the way they would have to have back tra backwards track recording and all of that and yeah using you know uh you know uh you know real sounds as such analog tricks created, yeah yeah which are created very differently now because it, there's now okay it's no it's not as but the press of a button you know in, in, yeah. in modern day studios you know so even that's changed as well, you know, uh, and certainly in photography, I, I, I do feel people that have never experienced shooting film and doing darkroom work. Uh, I, I do feel that, they're, that uh, I would never say to them, oh, no, you're really lucky because you never had to go through any of that. Forget no, it, I think the opposite. Like, no, you, it's the complete opposite to that. You've missed yeah. a huge creative process of photography yeah. you know and i'm not talking about at the time of shooting but i'm talking more at the time of really you know the sort of post-processing but anyway going back i mean don't story, get me wrong it was also going right? to be infuriating you're doing your test strips and you still can't get yeah. the plumbing exposure <laughs> right from the enlarger and whatever i know um, that's right yeah but but yeah, yeah. It, it was it was but yeah i mean i think i think also i mean we've spoken about this before about photography being a lot more throwaway these days you know with mm. phones and all that kind of stuff mm. you know you can just take yeah. it and eat it whereas you know you had to yeah. be a bit more careful back in the film that's days, right so. yeah so but, but, but i've actually missed a really really crucial part of this story so far so he's going out with this five by four plate camera yeah. and he's going out shooting and he's taking pictures of people and people love it okay uh because he's doing something a little bit different because he's actually processing his images out in the streets as well okay, okay. yeah yeah so what he's using is he, he's using a changing bag so for those people that don't know what a changing bag is i mentioned this before <laughs> is when he uh, with a fiber four camera I, I don't want to get into in detail you have uh, a a sheet of film which is five inches by four inches okay yeah. so if you imagine that about the size of uh, your palm or something right let's yeah. say roughly mm -hmm. okay and uh, and you can only shoot one picture at a time and you have to put that sheet of film into a holder and well, that was, holder yeah. then goes and that holder goes into your camera and you'd have two now, though wouldn't you you'd have two you'd have exactly dark slides on, yeah. on, on, on yeah. one side and you have to make sure the notch was in the right corner for it to be the right it's, way round and all that kind of stuff yeah that's right yeah okay now you had to do that in the dark 
So obviously you, you can't, you, you don't have a mobile darkroom that you sort of, uh, that you're moving around in the streets with, but you have what's called a changing bag. And basically a changing bag is, is as changing bag uh, is, is a bag and it's, it's got a zip. And on the other side, it's got two holes left and right. And those two holes are for you to put your hands through and your arms through. And it's a light type. So basically, you, you've got you, if you imagine that you've got a, a, a bag on a table in front of you and you're doing everything in that bag, but it's actually being done in the dark. OK, so it's called a changing bag. Anyway, yeah. so what he does is he does half of the process in the changing bag and then he does the other half of the process in daylight. OK, and he's actually processing his images in trays. OK, mm. into uh, out in the streets. OK, and it's absolutely brilliant. There's a there's a short video on it. And again, we'll put a link out to it. And yeah. it, 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 it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know what, what he's actually doing. It's just going back to old times, really. And well, this actually... is something something that I've experienced, actually, because um, I think it was 2017 when uh, me and my wife, we went to New York and there was a um, photography exhibition. Uh, I think I mentioned this before on, on mm. this podcast. It was it's called Photoville. It's just by the Brooklyn Bridge, and they had someone doing the same thing. So, but they were using right. glass, glass plates, right? And uh, they're obviously basically selling you the glass plate. That mm. that that, that, well, that mm. was it. But that's fine. You know that that's what the yeah. business is. Um, but yeah, you basically and I've got a video of it. They put it in the in the developer and whatever in daylight after they'd done the change and the fix or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and and you saw the image appear. Mm. Um, and that's, and I've said this before. Cool. It's one of the joys of of life. I think yeah. Yeah. that sounds right. Of actually being in a dark room and seeing the image appear in front of you for the first yeah. time. Yeah, and you see it. It is amazing. I think. Yeah. Um, and he he actually says because people are used to having instant gratification, and when they see this laborious process that goes through different stages, it creates this wonder of. Dot, dot, dot. says we yeah. can create images in another way and it's just a beautiful reaction it gives you something beautiful for your life not only for photography the capacity to fail and to get up again and try again is what really you're saying yeah okay yeah. It, it creates this resilience it says yeah. so i encourage everyone to try and fail and be frustrated and then rise again yeah beautiful absolutely. way of putting it yeah. it really is I think that's also a magic to it, isn't it? Because, you know, when you take a picture on a phone or a DSLR or a, or a mirrorless, whatever it is, you just accept that there's a loads of like circuitry and sensors and gizmos. And mm. that's that's why you get the picture you get and, and you just accept it. But when you see something like this, like you said, the joy of it just, you know, magically appearing almost, you know, there are no sensors or gizmos on a, on a, on a glass plate or on a negative or it's all chemistry. It's all, you know, the way that light works and the way that things react to light and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's what creates the picture without any electricity or like I say, circuitry or any of that kind of stuff. And it's still this mm. highly detailed picture, which in some cases is still better than than some of the digital cameras that are out there. You know, 5.4, mm. if you're using a 5.4, you will get a infinitely better print than you would from an R6, from a R5 mm. or, or, or any of it because mm. of the size of the negative for starters. You're always going to get a better print. Um, and the details a lot, a lot more present. Um, you know, and, and there is that kind of, I hate using the word magic because it just seems a bit hairy fairy, but, but it, it, it is a, uh, there is this sort of magic that comes from it because there's none of that electrical stuff. It just 
it's just the magic of nature and, and what certain things do you know yeah i think so it, it, it it's something that is beautiful right yeah. it's pure it's creative it's great um he does this in france by the way okay it's it's not something that's uh here in the uk he trained to be a lawyer um you know i find this quite interesting but he doesn't do that at all now mm. he, he this is what he wants to be doing and he wants to be doing something creative and um it's yes it's it's fantastic anyway it's, we'll put a link out to it really worth having a look at guys and if you've never been in the dark room before never had sort of shot on film before if you can find a way of doing it somehow finding a course or something go out and do it honestly it, it you know mm. you, you'll you'll absolutely love it so good absolutely. stuff absolutely. uh good stuff uh what else you got mark uh well that's Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> <Quite> <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I wanted to. Uh, there is what. There's there's one other thing I I wanted to mess uh, um, mention out there is um, I've I've noticed that that uh, I just want to talk about wedding photography for for a, for a moment. It's just photography in general, I guess. It's about the number of people that I've seen. Uh, again, I've brought this up many times. Is that Every year I see a whole bunch of new photographers uh, appearing and that's going to happen in any industry, in any career and whatever. It's a little bit, but what I've come across recently has been sort of quite worrying on. It's been uh, stuff that I've seen on social media and everyone has to start somewhere. And I get, I get this, but whether it's just because I, I looked at something and, and I keep getting the same news stories, there's been, there seems to be this huge influx of wedding photographers in particular that are offering incredibly cheap and i'm talking about incredibly cheap wedding photography at the mm. moment okay i don't know whether these are people that are coming into the industry as new whether they're established photographers that are trying to boost work and and i, I get all of that putting all of that to one side um but it's quite a worrying sort of trend because it just, I, I think maybe I'm just because I, I looked up something, I keep getting some of the same feeds coming through. Um, it was really, that it was more a comment really rather than anything else. Uh, well, you know. Yeah. I know, everyone's I, mean, free, I know it's a free market, open market, free market. I'm not saying everyone should be charging so because everyone's different. They've got different experience in the industry and, and that type of thing. But uh you know, for anyone looking to get into the photography industry, I think it's more geared towards them, actually, I think, um, is it's about doing things, is maybe about doing things properly. I'm not even sure where this conversation's going, really. Um, is, is, is if you're new into the industry and you've never done it before, don't just necessarily jump in and say, right, I'm going to get into the industry, I'm going to do, re I'm going to, I'm just going to do cheap deals and see what work I can actually get where i can get to mm. i think i'm going with it yeah right? i think there's a couple of things just to sort of pick up on that i mean generally yeah it is it is new photographers that tend to under under price themselves essentially um but there's a reason for that probably because they've just decided they've taken a few pictures maybe at a couple of weddings here and there and they quite fancy themselves as a wedding photographer and don't really know how difficult actually doing it professionally is. Um, but then they will offset that with doing it cheap. So if anyone complains about the quality of the work or whatever, well, you know, 
you pay 300 quid opposed to 1300 quid i mean mm. i'm guessing that's part of it mm. the other part of it is is um you know uh, because they don't really understand the work that's involved they don't value the work a wedding photographer puts in because they don't really know and therefore mm. they they think well i, I actually i'm, I'm going to be this great photographer and there's going to be cheap as well because you know i mm. also do, doesn't really understand the value of stuff that comes in um mm. i also find it quite amazing when you know you, you think about things that cost of living now i know cost of living is kind of a double-edged sword because the clients also have cost of living issues as well as the photographer does mm. in business but i remember someone did come to me um and it's about um portrait portraiture prices i was discussing you know, the, the the prices that i charge he said, he said well how, how can you justify that with the cost of living crisis mm. and my response was well my prices haven't gone up you know my costs have gone up you know my mm. electricity's gone yeah. up the yeah. the, the, the yeah. lab costs have gone up um mm. but my prices haven't <laughs> you know what i mean um mm. so you know i i you know basically you have to when it comes to prices you need to value your work at a certain cost um I think my particular expertise is in family photography. Uh, so therefore, my family photography prices reflect that. And therefore, you know, I'm probably the higher end of the market if you want a family photography done with me. If you don't want to pay that amount of money, go somewhere else. Um, mm. And that's absolutely fine. You know, like you said, there is a free market. And there are some people who have been doing it for like six months who will charge a quarter of what I charge, but you won't get the same quality of picture. And I can, I, I state my reputation on that. Um, okay, wedding so wise, wedding wise, uh, although I feel I am a good photographer, there are people who charge a lot more than me. And there are people who charge a lot more. So I, I feel I'm kind of in the, in the middle kind of thing, you know, because I am a good wedding photographer. But mm. I still feel my expertise really, really is is getting the best out of two-year-olds and kids and babies and things mm. like that. That is where my expertise is, I think. So uh, I'm, I'm glad I mentioned this, actually, because some, something else just uh, occurred to me as well. This, this happened just before Christmas. But a, a, a company that I do some work for, they're known all over the world. I won't say who it is. And mm. um, I'm not their only photographer. They use photographers all you know, yeah. but loads of different things. Okay. Anyway, but I've been doing some work for them for probably for about the past five years, I reckon, on and off. Do some video work for them as well. Very, uh, you know, very very well known company. And they asked um, us to do a video job just before Christmas. Mm. Uh, wasn't a big job. Okay, probably maybe two three days worth of. It's mainly to do with editing. Um, uh made to with editing work and very interesting in the conversation that i had with with the client she was saying to me that uh we need this doing we need this doing we're really short on time for it and she said to me that i i i, I can mention i won't mention my client but i will i will no. mention the name of another company where she said that um we're not going to be able to get it done so quickly through upwork no, 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 no. She didn't. No, she did say that. What she went on to say was, "Can you invoice us on this account for this job through Upwork?" Now, for those people that don't know what Upwork is, Upwork is a uh, is basically a web. Uh, it's a website where people where you can. It's like Fiverr, where you've got independent yes. people that are working. How can I explain it, Mark? Can you explain it? 
Um, yeah, so you've got creatives, you've got graphic designers, you've got editors on yeah. there, you've got all sorts of things on there. And basically, you can get stuff done for, for, for really cheap. Yeah, really good people yeah. as well. Okay, so, yeah. so are people that know what they're doing on there. Okay, now I was thinking, hang on a minute. So are you guys using Upwork and these other companies for a lot of the work, right? Okay? Yeah. Because it's much cheaper. Okay, mm. uh, because I've been doing work for this company on and off for years. And I charge what I think is a reasonable rate and a yeah. fair rate. And we always quote them and they always agree it. And then I was thinking, well, have, have we been missing out on a lot of work and a lot of other photographers because they've been doing it, getting it done much cheaper through Upwork. Mm. Now, I get that because you want to find, like any company, they're going to want to do the best job possible at the best possible price. Of course. But the thing is, is then that leaves me in a difficult situation because here I am. I've got an office, I've got people that I work with, uh, you know, and I'm trying to keep them busy and, and whatever. So the idea, whereas most people that work from Upwork are working probably from home, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So when you're trying to run a business and I'm, I'm sort of thinking that, look, you know, we're a proper business we're not so we're not an independent it's just working from home and doing it and it can undercut and everything that's a, that's that's quite worrying because if this worldwide known company is going that down that route of using but what know, were they using them for like because it's, it's just what i'm not understanding because uh, my experience with with these these places is that they're not photographers they don't go out do they no but they can yeah they can do they can yeah do. i mean they, but yeah, how I can mean, they but I don't understand how they can afford to do that. Do you know what I mean? I don't understand because, you know, it's, I don't have a Rolls Royce outside my house. No, <laughs> you, no. know, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. it, it's it, it's not like I'm 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 I've got a mansion or anything like that. You know, it's I I I make a, a you know reasonable living, but like I say, I'm I'm, I'm mm. not going to be buying any villas in Spain at any time soon. Mm. Um, mm. So it's not as if I'm I'm you know, I feel like I'm overcharging or anything like that. You know, there are a lot of outgoings, you know, like I said, my family portraiture stuff. Yes, I I went about the, the value of what I think my work is worth. But also there are other considerations, rent for the studio, lab costs, and mm. like I said, you know, electricity costs, all those things go into it. Now, yeah. how, um, how a studio, like a, a professional photography studio can, un can undercut me, so much mm. is one of several things like it could be snappy snaps where they just take a couple of shots here and there and they have shops all yeah. over the country and that's you know it's 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 what they're what, what's the word P pile them high stack them cheap what's it yeah, pile yeah, them high yeah. sell them cheap well, whatever that phrase yeah. is yeah that's, well, that, right, yeah that's not that's not what i do I, my my yeah. stuff's a lot more personal now i wonder yeah. with these people with on on fiverr and upwork and all this kind of stuff you know one are are the same people on there for very long and is it just a good way for people to get their name out there do it for cheap for maybe a year and then they come off it because they get clients who then pay the right amount of work you know the right amount of money for mm. it okay mm. the other thing as well is you know are these people part i don't know if say you got john smith who's on mm. who's on fiverr well, maybe John Smith isn't actually working for himself. Maybe John Smith is working for this massive, massive company who has mm. lots and lots of John Smiths all over the world, and that's how they make their money because it's volume rather than rather than a price point. If, yeah. if that makes yeah. sense. 
I don't know any of the answers to these. I don't know. I could be talking rubbish right now, but I wonder if, you know, and, and if you're on your own, uh, like yourself, you, you, you own your own company. I own my own company. Mm. Um, you know, mm. can you, can, can you compete with people like that? Probably not mm. because you're, you know, you're, you're not a newbie. You're, yeah. you're, you're not one of thousands of people who work for an agency. Um, yeah. You, know, you, you can't. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it 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 was just so sort of, you know it just got me thinking that when this this very well known company they've obviously been using Upwork and and fair they're free to use them you know but but it's because it is considerably cheaper to do that rather than there was stuff that we would normally be doing because I'd actually thought oh this. You know, I don't hear from them as often as I used to, you know, and uh, yeah. whether it's because they're thinking, OK, well, we can do it through Upwork and we can do it much cheaper because I guess, you know, I, I get that they've all got budgets. They're all trying to cut down on costs and they're saying. But having said that, they, they know, still come back to you, though, don't they? Yeah, they have done. Yes, they, they, they do. So, and you think, yeah, you know. So, so, do, do, so there is something there. So, you know, they might use Upwork for editing. I can see that. I can see yeah. if, if I was really... Um, snowed yeah. under with a load of editing i could go to mm. work and say look you know i need someone to edit this show for me i get that I absolutely yeah. do. and and maybe this company has well we've got these photographs or we've got this video we need someone to edit it mm. maybe they've tried getting a videographer out um, and maybe mm. that part of it isn't as successful and that's why no, i keep true. coming back no, to I've you i've used fiverr i've used upwork i've found people to do bits for us yeah um you know uh and in fact it was non-photography related uh, uh stuff it was to do mainly with some admin work that we needed doing um you know i mean so you know yeah. so i've used it but it was just it just got me thinking that's all mm. you know uh, that uh, that if you set up a business and you become a certain size or level of business you know uh you know and then but companies you would expect to get work from who start to use upwork fiverr you know because to really cut down on costs that leaves people like us in in difficult situations this is just a general chat it's you know everyone's free to do what they want yeah. i get that and everything we all want to try and do as a business you all want to try and do the best job that you possibly can keep your costs to a minimum and you know uh, and inc and so increase your profits i get all of that and they're trying to do the same thing um it, it's just an yeah. observation more than anything else that uh you know i just wanted to point out there yeah to see what other i would just think uh... if, if they've been affected or whether anyone that's listening on here is a regular and picks up a lot of work from upwork and fiverr and that type of thing you know and if you do fair play mm. to you i you know i don't know so just something i mean i guess i mean it's just it, I mean, I don't know if it affects the uh, corporate world more than it does sort of like the social, uh, when I mean so social photography, weddings, families, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, would you would you get a, a wedding photographer off of Fiverr? No, and and, and you no. see, I've not looked for anything like that. It is, I, I've always thought it's, it is more corporate than anything else. Yeah. See, I, I would, that, uh, yeah, because uh, uh, I think I think there's still a telltale there, you know. Would would you probably not? No, probably no, no, he wouldn't do. But uh, but then would you book a photographer through Facebook? A lot of people do, but would you book a photographer who's doing a, a wedding through Facebook on Facebook? Um, not for no, not if it's two hundred pound. No, I mean, 
I, I would have a look. What I would do if I saw, would. yeah, I know. But whenever I see anything on Facebook, what I next then do is check out the website of that person. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's not. Yeah. Facebook alone. Yeah. I, I would. I would. I would then go on to go. Okay. Well, I want to see this person's work. I, I can't remember if I said this story to you before or not. But my brother, he got married a few years ago, and he was looking for a wedding photographer, and as uh and and he said and he was um he he showed me this this website oh, i'm gonna go with these guys mark i'm gonna go with well it's not these guys it was this girl i'm gonna go with this girl mark i'm gonna go with her because because of the price <laughs> and that was yeah. basically what it was because of the price she was like 500 quid for the day or, or something like that so okay, okay well show me the website let's have a look and it was awful hmm. i mean she was showcasing work that was out of focus. I mean, this was her best work, you know, the work that she put in mm. on her website for say, this is my best mm. work. Some of it was out of focus. And I said to my brother, I said, no, do not, mm. do not go with this yeah. person because she yeah. will do a bad job for you. Or, you know, she might do a good job for you, but she is probably inconsistent. But if she's showing off work that I think is technically incorrect on her website, basically saying, this is the best work I do. But the thing is, is, you've got you. But the thing is, is a lot of people won't do that. They won't go. They don't know anyone else who they can ask. Is this person any good? Or they won't think I'll have a look at the website. A lot of people say two hundred quid. Should we just book it? Yeah, let's just go for it. Yeah, type of thing, you know. But also, the best man at my wedding, uh, when he got married, and this was years and years and years ago, that's exactly what he did, and he still regrets it to this day, because he says right. all the all the all the photographs were were, were naff, and. Yeah. Uh, Mm. I've not seen any of them really, and and that's because he doesn't want to show them off. I'm guessing. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but he spent about two three hundred quid and massively regrets. Yeah, it. yeah. Well, I guess that happens a lot of the time if somebody books something very cheap and it's a deal too good to be true. You know, it really yeah. is. Um, yeah. That's what you get. So anyway, yeah. just things to talk about. That's what this bar is about. It is about just yeah. sort of you know observations that we have and thoughts that we have you know it doesn't necessarily mean to say we agree or disagree with something they're just general conversations we have that's how this podcast started in the first place just from the uh, yes. conversation we had real for chats in the car and chats in the car out on jobs and all of that and we now work mm. with a number of other photographers we have the same conversations with them so you know and i know that we do get messages from people saying hey i'm a photographer i work on my own it's really great because listen to these are all things that, that a lot of things that you guys talk about are things that I think about, but I don't have anyone else to discuss it with. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's good. Uh, it's good that, that, um, that we're able to do that. So anyway, we're going to draw, bring this episode to a close. We will yes. uh, wish you all, all of you, all the best for the new year and yes. um, please like subscribe, do all the, the, the regular stuff. And uh, we will hopefully be, uh, uh, getting uh, um, uh, episodes out uh, at the times that we, uh, <laughs> that we, well, we haven't comments, we haven't started off very well because this is supposed to come out we yesterday. Haven't. But <laughs> I know, I know. But uh, anyway, Ugh. we're on it. We'll get there. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. Okay, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye Peace for out. now, guys.